This is Weekly Dose of Wellness, brought to you by Memorial Care Health System. Here's Deborah Howell. And welcome to the show. I am Deborah Howell, and today we will be talking about easing transitions and preparing teens for the adult health care setting. Our guest is Erica Jewell, LCSW. She is the Transition Coordinator at Miller Children's and Women's Hospital in Long Beach, and she has more than 18 years of experience as a social worker working with children, adolescents, and adults with health problems in many, many settings. Welcome, Erica. Hi, thank you. It's an interesting topic today, so let's get right to it. First off, what is Transition of Care? Transition of Care is a program that works with teens and young adults to do three things, really. Provide education to help the youth learn how to manage their own health care instead of the parent being the one doing it. Uh, To provide resources and support their areas of the teen's life, such as education or employment. Imagine between the ages of 14 and 21, it's a huge time of growth and change. Yes. And thirdly, we provide coordination of care to make sure we have a seamless transfer to a new adult provider. Um, when you say transition to many people, especially those that work in healthcare, they only think about that last piece, that discharge to an adult provider. So I always say the first rule of transition is that it's not about discharge. It's about learning to take care of yourself and your illness and how to navigate the adult health care world. Well, that sounds very, very reasonable. And who would be in need to plan for a transition of care? Well, we started our program almost five years ago specifically for the youth that are seen in our specialty clinics who have chronic illness or conditions. However, I can't tell you how many times mm-hmm. when I talk about the program Colleagues will tell me stories about their own teens or young adults who are healthy but also do not know a lot of the basics about how to access care or how their insurance works. Um, In fact, our National Center for Transition, they mostly target primary care as an area for um, providing transition because really everybody could use this type of education support. For sure. As I'm listening to you, I'm like, I could use that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So what are some of the challenges uh, specifically that teens and young adults face when transitioning to adult health care? Well, by far, our biggest challenge involves health insurance. Many of our patients um, here in our specialty clinics are covered by a state program that's called California Children's Services. It provides a variety of things for certain youth that have special health care needs and using specifically trained and paneled health care staff. However, this program ends somewhat abruptly on their 21st birthday. Ah. Um, So not only do these youth have to change doctors, they change the insurance. And the other related challenge is that most youth know nothing about HMOs or co-pays or medical groups or any of the other things that you need to know to navigate your health insurance. Um, So that makes it very difficult when they all of a sudden have to navigate this new world. Yeah, they certainly um, another teach challenge. it in school, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Another challenge is that many of our patients don't see their primary care doctor regularly or don't have a relationship with them or it's just a name on the card. Um, and when they're sick, they come to their specialist for care. Uh, uh, but in the HMO world, this PCP person is your gatekeeper. So they're very important to know. Um, so switching that mindset is important. Uh, another challenge is when parents or even healthcare staff are doing too much for the youth, so they don't learn to do these 
things themselves. <laughs> for example, if your mom keeps track of your medication and gives it to you every day, you don't develop your own system to remember how to take your medication. Um, so a lot of our patients have been coming to their clinic for a long time, so our staff assume they have all the knowledge and skills they need to manage their care, but it was always the parent who was in charge yeah. and talking during the appointment. Sometimes the youth weren't even really paying attention. So a lot of them need to get re-education about the basic facts about their disease and what their medications are for and what to do in an emergency. So at 14, we start over specifically with the patient as the one being educated. Um, and finally, there's anxiety that comes with leaving a physician that you've known a long time and you trust. Building trust with a new doctor just takes time. Um, and in fact, a lot of our physicians themselves have difficulty letting go of the patient. Yeah. There's this perception that there are very few physicians in the adult world that know about these conditions that started until recently, that started in childhood. Because up until recently, many of these children didn't live to adulthood. So specialists didn't know about things like congenital heart disease or cystic fibrosis. Um, but we found, actually, that many of these adult providers are able and willing to see our graduating patients. So we have to prepare them for adult care that's often different. It's a different culture. Uh, there won't be dolphins and turtles on the wall of the exam room. <laughs> and the staff won't chase you down if you miss an appointment necessarily. So these are the things we prepare them for. Wow. It's, it's like preparing them for adulthood, really. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, my dad was a, a family GP and, you know, saw generations of patients. Right. And, and it was a fa much more of a family setting back then, I think. Yeah. Now, why is it important to have a coordinated transition of care plan? Well, prior to our program starting, some of our patients really fell through the cracks. <laughs> um, some would come to their last visit at 20 and 11 months and not know it was their last visit and were told, okay, you need to go see your primary care doctor, bye. Yeah. <laughs> or some of them wouldn't even find out until their appointment was canceled because they're 21 now and they can't come back. Oh. So you can imagine how difficult it would be to be, to try to link back to a new doctor in those scenarios. Sure. So now we're teaching them about insurance. We're teaching them how to advocate for themselves, how to even look for a new doctor we have them visit their primary care doctor or switch to an adult one if they have a pediatrician well in advance of their 21st birthday so they can start building that relationship. We give them a health summary or have them log into MyChart, which is our patient portal for the medical record. Mm -hmm. So they have access to their information and their history and can share it with a new doctor. We even have some patients that visit their new specialist one time as sort of an introduction before we actually discharge them so everybody could be comfortable with the plan. And now we are actually following up with patients after we discharge them to make sure that they landed where they needed to. This is just so sensible. Are you sure this is the USA you're talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, it actually What is. is the child's role in the transition versus the parent or the caretaker? You've been talking a lot about, you know, people facilitating the child. Now what does the child have to step up and do? Um, well, we do see the parents as um, partners in this work, and they are the best teachers. But really, it's all about independence. Um, it's the only way that you can begin to learn. But you can imagine the challenges there. Yeah. So, for example, um, a child with diabetes might start taking on more independence in their 
blood sugar testing and insulin shots. Um, but then you find their blood sugars have gone up because maybe they're not managing quite as well as we had hoped. So I often tell parents it's two steps forward and one step back. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's life in general anyway, right? Right. Mistakes are a really good way to learn, actually, as long as your health is not at risk. <laughs> yeah. There's mistakes, and then there's too too big of a mistake. Right. So uh, exactly. we we, get, we guide them by the hand the whole time we're doing this transition. Very important. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some tips for young adults to become more independent and advocate for themselves? So, uh, sort of as I just said, the best way to be independent is watch what your parents have been doing yeah. and work towards doing it themselves. So, often the last couple things that patients won't take on independently are things like refilling prescriptions or completing insurance paperwork. And so I'll say, sit down with your mom next time they get it in the mail and and, and go through it together. Um, We actually make it a point of setting transition goals. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether that's um, taking medication or calling to make their next appointment or filling out the paperwork at the doctor's office, making a list of questions to bring to their appointment learning all they can about their condition. We give them um, a list of reputable websites to check, signing up for MyChart. These are all some of the ways that they can start practicing, and the earlier the better. What's MyChart? MyChart is the uh, patient portal for the electronic records. They have access to their test results and their appointment schedule, for example. That's awesome. I don't even have that. (laughs) It's a great tool. Where can families go to find out more information about the Transition of Care program at Miller Children's? We'll actually be launching a patient website within the next month or so. We're very excited about it. It's going to be geared towards the youth themselves, but there's also a section for parents. Mm -hmm. And here at Miller's, after our um, successful pilot um, with four of our clinics, we were going to be rolling out to all the clinics. And so patients should start hearing about transition more and more from their clinics. Uh, until our website is live, I would recommend visiting .transition.org. That's okay. the National Center's website, and there's lots of information there for youth, for parents, and for health professionals. Can you give the address one more time? It's .transition.org. Okay. And um, will there be an accompanying app with your website for, you know, because uh, kids and their phones? We shall see. We actually have grant funding to do more and more with health technology. So the website is this year's project. We also are doing a texting program. Perfect. Uh, but an app would also be great. Yeah. But, you know, if you if you got the text covered, then, uh, <laughs> then you can reach 100% of the youth. <laughs> yes, exactly. Erica, it's been wonderful having you on the show. I really learned a lot from you today. Oh, great. We appreciate your time and expertise, and we really enjoyed having you on the show. For more info or to listen to a podcast of this show, please visit memorialcare.org. That's memorialcare.org. That's all for this time. I'm Deborah Howell. Have yourself a terrific day.